0: What up, what up? Welcome to Mind Your Hive's Beekeeping Podcast. I am your host, Greg Lehman. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Kara Jo.
1: Hello, hello. Good morning, good morning.
0: We are recording this episode on March 25th. We're doing a little lattes. We're doing a morning app.
1: I don't know if we've ever done an up
0: in the morning. Cheers?
1: This early in the morning? We've done an early, we've done a morning episode and drank. We've never done a coffee episode.
0: We've done a morning episode and drank booze.
1: Perfect. Yeah, we did yeah, early course.
0: afternoon, I think.
1: Yeah, it's still morning.
0: Um, but yeah, it's like a rainy, pretty nasty day here in southeast Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, and we thought, what better way? I was hoping to sneak in a little beekeeping this morning, but the weather is not cooperating. So we figured, hey, let's get an episode out here. We're like stupid, crazy busy in, in life right now. Yeah. So getting one of these in is good. Shout out to the uh, listeners out there that were like, yo, are you going to put out an episode? It's been over a month.
1: Yeah. And like people wanted this early spring episode. So
0: yeah. So good call. But we knew we were going to be recording very soon. So we figured let's get it in right now um, on this episode. I think we're going to talk a lot. We're going to talk a lot about what we're doing in the spring. So, you know, what what our kind of we really haven't full we haven't started started beekeeping yet for the most part. We've checked in on some hives. We're doing some stuff. But we're not fully in yet. I be kept. You did. You went in. Well, it's funny. We'll talk about zones in a second. And then um, um, we're going to talk about, as a beginner, what you're going to be experiencing, what you need to be experiencing right now. Does that make sense? We're not going to obviously talk about, like, you're a beginner. This is everything you need to know. But it's like, okay, beginners really, their heads are spinning right now. Because right now, people are getting bees for the first time ever like in our area so (laughs) (laughs) nerve-wracking i'm
1: so glad i'm not doing that well look
0: outside right now it's terrible weather imagine picking up a package of bees right now and like it's rainy and 40 degrees and you're like what the what am i supposed to do yeah so we'll talk a little bit about that but um yeah so where are we at so yeah march 25th um
1: we just took off the hive wraps
0: yeah so march 20th uh, I went and I took off all the wind wrap. I started calling them wind wraps okay. because um, I think when you say hive wrap, a lot of times people are, are, are thinking there's more insulation value. There's very, you know, l- very little R value to the, the wraps that we use, but it is wind protection and that's what why we want them. But I, what I did is I saw that there is, um, man, I wonder if you can hear the heater blowing. I just blowing. thought that.
1: I was like, the heater, is that the heater? Yeah. Should we pause? or just deal with it
0: let's i'm gonna go turn it off real quick okay i'm gonna leave it running though and then i'll just edit it post so in we're in zone 6b um we do have some hives in in 7a we're about to have a lot of hives in 7a um but in 6b here i still don't think that uh, that insulated wraps is needed for overwintering in this climate and this year man i think really proved it We. Barely broke below freezing for more than, like, a handful of days this winter. It was crazy. Um, but wind wind block, especially if your hives are in a wide open area, which ours in our largest apiary are, they don't have a ton of wind break. So having wind block on, wind wind wraps, is that what I said? Wind, yeah, wind wraps. Yeah, having those on is, is important for us. But I took those off on March 20th because, excuse me, because I saw warm day temperatures and moisture in the forecast. So I saw rain coming, but warm days. And I really did not want moisture to build up in the hives. Even like underneath wraps, if there's too much moisture, you'll just it'll just condensate. You'll see like some kind of mold mildew growth can happen. And I didn't want to get that so I said, all right, it's a nice day out. Let's just take these all off. It's so easy. Those wraps are that we use are just so so <laughs> simple. Um, and we took those off and, uh, man, we, our hives are booming.
1: Yeah. Talking about, I didn't ask you this before, but I feel like this is good to ask now is, so I went in because I, we have hives in six, seven a, is that So it is seven. A. Yeah. So I went in and, um, took off the hive wraps, went in the hives, which we'll talk about, but there was a little bit of mold in on the frames and some of the frames, just like a little bit. Like where honey and pollen kind of are, which I guess got a little wet. I just left it in there because I thought that the bees would clean it out.
0: Bees will totally clean that yeah, up. Yeah, okay. no doubt. Um, you know, you should look to see like is this being caused by is there the you know the the lid the roof is the roof allowing for some type of penetration? Was there a box that was off skew that allowing was allowing something to drip in there? Was it just the fondant cake that you had on,
1: oh, that's you know, was interesting. that fondant cake
0: sitting on top of the frames and caused a little area of growth? Um, yeah. So there's a lot of different factors, but I think it's more like you notice it and you go, okay.
1: And there wasn't a lot. So. Yeah,
0: and, and dude, I've put in, we've put frames in there that are pretty moldy and the bees clean them up in like a day. More hygienic the bees, the quicker they're going to clean them. Oh, you know what we meant? We didn't say we're drinking lattes, but. Shout out to Johnny Brenda's, Philadelphia, one of our favorite bars. Uh, they roast their own coffee, and you can buy bags to go. This is Johnny Brenda's coffee. Yeah, it's, it's delish. It's so good. They uh, they just dial it in where it's like a very beautiful, dark roast, but it's not overly bitter. Yeah. Which to me is a sign of just like a proper roasting.
1: It's like good and roasty. Yeah. Nice.
0: So anyway, all right. So we, our hives are booming. Um Last year, we came out of winter with four, and I'm counting the CSC hives. Okay. Last year, we came out of winter with 14 hives alive. We moved our hives last year. We've talked about it way too much. We moved them in this tornado situation. We definitely kind of limped into winter, and we we ended up losing three hives um, out of the 15 last year, uh, which was still pretty high for us, but good overall. Um this year, we lost one hive in October, and that was a, a queen that didn't properly get mated, and they absconded. Not really much you can do. It was one of those situations where we are like, I think she might not have mated properly. Do we sacrifice another? Do we merge them in with another hive? And we said, you know what, let's let it go and see what happens. They absconded, and then we lost one hive in December. Um, but 28 of 30 hives survived. So we, went, we doubled without buying a single bee. Without buying a single queen, without buying any packages, any nukes, anything, we doubled the amount of hives, and we
1: only caught yeah you what, what?
0: we only caught like two swarms outside of uh one we only caught I think <laughs> three swarms total.
1: We were not crazy busy during swarm season. No,
0: I passed on every email that I got or text message. I passed on to other people because we were really concentrated on on building our own genetics up and focusing on our our apiary. Um, and look at that, we doubled the amount of bees coming out of winter point being folks, you don't need to buy bees. You can, if you want to grow your apiary, you do not need to buy outside bees. Here's what's even crazier. You ready for this? Um, seven of those 30. So, you know, almost 25% of those hives are proven genetics that we did. We left treatment free this year. So cool. Um, the two hives we did lose were to the two, two of the seven treatment free. So we had five of seven treatment-free hives survive winter as of right
1: now. Well, and that's kind of what, like if you're doing treatment-free or if I'm doing treatment-free, we're doing it to for survival of the fittest. It's not just like let them die and then buy new ones and then let them die and then buy new ones. It's like, okay, But it's so also keep
0: track of the mites, right. keep notes on these and know which which hives to breed from and which queens we love and let's go deeper. It's not just like... We didn't do it to all the hives for obvious reasons. They weren't all proven genetics. And as soon as they were over a threshold on mites, we treated. Right. Those specific hives never got over that threshold. Whammy. Huge news.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that.
0: Yeah, but you got to keep the notes. You got to be on top of it or else, you know, you won't know exactly what's going on. You start guessing and that's just not a good game to play. But really, Uh, that's really that's exciting stuff for me.
1: I think we've said this before, but don't, just because you start a new season, don't delete last season's notes.
0: Yeah, we use this. (laughs) We've done um, that before. um, Shout out Wayne Kelly, uh, friends of ours that are um, prominent beekeepers in our um, uh, beekeeping association and friends. Um, They use a program called Apa Manager that that Wayne was showing me and he was really excited about. Um, We use B Plus. Um, Wayne was saying it's like an easier transfer of of data between him and his wife Kelly with APA manager B plus is a little cumbersome where you have to like send a file. I don't know. It's not the easiest thing. It's not cloud-based, but what I do is I just duplicate an apiary and then I start new notes for the next season. So I have like, you know, X apiary 2022, I duplicate it. Now it goes into 2023 but I like to be able to go back and look at all the detailed notes from 2022, but I don't want them clogging up the note part on the apiary. So
1: especially going into the spring, understanding how you went into the winter is important.
0: Oh yeah. Big time. And remember last year, I mean, go back and listen to our spring episode last year, we talked about swarms and splits. Um, But it was so exciting because it was, we went back and we were like, made the notes most booming hives coming out of winter and then went back the previous year. And those same Queens, those same lines of genetics, we had made the notes most booming hives coming out of winter. And it was like, Oh, these girls are doing it. Yeah. That was cool. Um, all right. So it's late March right now. Weather wise, it's like April right now. However, we don't have a ton of, we don't, we don't have a ton of, of, uh, flora here there's not a huge amount of there's not a lot of crocus there's not a lot of of snow piercers in this area now again we're 6b where we're sitting right now 7a 20 minutes down the road a lot more stuff popping it's pretty wild um
1: there's more diversity and there's just it's blooming yeah and it's not it there's just like buds here and it's about to so we're like two three weeks behind
0: which is so nuts but we say it every time i mean it really is a specific climate zone there's a line and we're over it
1: which is why you beekeep keep by the weather and not the yep. calendar
0: now here's something that people do i'm not a huge fan of um we've done it before but people feed pollen they feed pollen in the spring now there, I, I obviously don't talk to every beekeeper in the area but i've heard of heard from three beekeepers so far in our area in southeastern pennsylvania that have found swarm cells as of right now
1: so crazy
0: which like is, is you hear that you go like oh my god that's scary like wait what swarm season is it happening in March now um the earliest swarm cell we got last year was the the end of the first week of April like it was like April 10th and that was early and that was pretty early the year before that we got one on April 2nd um but the year before that was a crazy warm winter so similar conditions here however ready for this all three of those beekeepers Two weeks or or more ago, they started feeding pollen.
1: Mm.
0: All right, we realize that we keep bees in an unnatural state. When you keep bees in a in wooden man made boxes, it's not natural, right? They want to be in tree cavities. Um, we realize frames are not natural, inspections are not natural. There's a lot of things that we can't control that are not natural, but the things that we can control, I try to, and we try to to do we try to be as natural as possible um when they don't have an overload of mites we're not we don't treat we try to be more natural there when they need us to step in that's when we step in i don't feed pollen i don't yeah, stop doing that yeah um there's been a lot of studies that came out that even show that the bees aren't feeding synthetic pollen substitutes they're not even feeding that to their larva the bees themselves are eating it for protein but it makes me go like huh If they're not not willing to give it. Yeah. If you're not willing to give that to your baby, maybe you shouldn't be giving it to the bees anyway. Um, I, my sole objective until we're seeing like dandelions pop is to make sure our bees have enough carbohydrates. They have enough food that is so they can keep warm. Right. Um, Because we take their honey and we, we, you know, that is an unnatural thing. We want to make sure they have enough sugar. They have enough carbohydrate, right? However, I don't want to give them more pollen. I don't want to make them think that the outside world is providing for them something that it is not. And that in turn makes them go, ooh, we need to make more bees. We're able to bring in plenty plenty of pollen, so let's make more brood. I think that's where you just you start getting into problems. Now, um, hey, a lot of people feed pollen. That's cool. Say right now we had um, a really bad ice storm and we had all the, the red maples had popped, right? And a really bad ice storm hits, freezes all those buds. Every red maple, every crocus, all the early, early um, nectar and pollen sources died off because of some freak late March disaster. And
1: that happens... All the time, and that has
0: happened in our beekeeping lifetime. Yeah. If that is the case, I go okay. There should be pollen for these bees. Let's give them a boost until the next source comes out. Let's let's get some pollen out there and let them forage it themselves. Um, I'm not putting patties in the hives. I think I think that breeds small hive beetles and pest issues. I do an outside feeding source, um, which is like a PVC pipe that I'll put it in, and hang it from a tree, you know, hundred yards from the hive.
1: I think we have pictures of that on Instagram,
0: pictures on Instagram, or videos. probably on, yeah, probably on the mind your hives. Um, but also check out caro Joe Bee farm. Um, but I'll do that. But right now that's, that has not been the case. I'm not going to feed pollen. I'm, I'm only going to step in when I think I need to step in. Um, and I'd, I want them just to build up naturally. I want them to build up with the seasons around them, just like we like to beekeep with the season around us. Just our thing.
1: Getting in the groove of the season.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that being said, there are some things that we do in the springtime. So we will flip boxes. So we use all mediums. Um, it's like clockwork. You go into the hives. They've... The middle box, they're laying a ton in the top box. They have started laying a little bit of brood in the bottom box, totally empty. So we take that bottom box, we put it on top.
1: That's what I went in when I went in on this week to the seven A, seven A, right? I don't even know zones. You keep saying it, yes, seven okay. A. 7A, you're 7A. on it. Uh, <laughs> and both hives, it was like textbook spring crack open a box, yep. crap, crap, open, crap, crap, open, crack uh-huh. open a hive. And <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. There was caproot in the middle and you know and you take the bottom box and you put it to the top to have help them build up and both hives were exactly the same way. And when we go in tomorrow when there's nicer weather, I'm expecting that Most of the hives are going to be that way too.
0: Yeah. Last year, literally every hive we flipped. I was like, huh, I wonder if they're all going to look like this. Every single one looked like that. And I was like, consistency is king. This is good.
1: Yeah. They read the book.
0: Um, We do not add supers yet. We keep, we try to keep things tight. Um,
1: Especially because when I went in to the hives this week, so there is a hive beetle problem at this one apiary, and the, there's a lot.
0: There's a there's a lake very close to it. There's um, they're in a little bit of shade. Funny enough, the the one hive that's in more shade has considerably more small hive beetles. It is
1: insane. And last year there were a lot, and this year I cracked it open, and like like something that I would expect in the middle of the season, right off the bat, so many hive beetles. You
0: know, and it's it's interesting. Um, 2021 wintering was done by some other people that, that be heap a little different than us. And
1: that I think that was the start of it.
0: They, there was just an overwhelming amount of sugar in that hive that they put and um, drone brood. <laughs> I, and I think it just led, to, it just bred small hive beetles, and then that problem just can cons- just kept going. Um But you did you up you put new Swiffer pads in? Yeah,
1: the Swiffer pads are working. Yep, really nicely. So
0: do you here? Do you just want to talk real quick? Uh, we've mentioned it before, but the method of Swiffer padding is what you, you
1: got to get the. What are those? Are it's like just, unscented? Yeah, they're just like the, pads. the OG pads. Um, and I just, I, I put them on every single box, like alternating corners. Cause there's just so many hive beetles and, uh, and then the bees rough them up and then the hive beetles just get stuck in them and they die.
0: Yeah. So the bee, the, I think the thing that we didn't realize the first time years ago that we used them is the bees need time to rough them up. So the bees will like pick at them and try to remove them. And in doing that, they're opening up the fibers and then the small hive beetles have little, um, like notches on their legs, notches or like spurs.
1: Yeah. Neither of those things, but you know, (laughs) everybody gets a picture.
0: Uh, It's early people. Um, But they've got little whatever's on their legs that get stuck in the Swiffer pad and they get stuck and they can't move.
1: Yeah. And then also last year we found that um, the, hive beetle traps the ones that you can open and empty out there's ones that like you can't really reuse
0: yeah beetle blaster traps i don't like the beetle blast um, there's ones that have like a hinge that you can lift up and empty and then there's ones that are just these plastic you know kind of canoes with with black on top that
1: you can't i
0: mean you can try to but it's more of a one one and done
1: so i like the ones with the hinge top diatomaceous earth has been what we have found works the best be, um, you
0: want to be careful. You don't want to spill any in the actual hive because diatomaceous earth will cut up the bees' legs. So you you want to put it in the trap, close that trap so the bees can't get in, and put it in there carefully.
1: Also, when you're doing it, don't blow because the diatomaceous earth will come up in your face and get all over you. And you definitely don't want it in your lungs. <laughs> no.
0: That's super bad for you. So,
1: um, And I'm putting two of those in each box. Like, this needs an overload. And then this year, I'm going to put uh what are they called beneficial nematodes or something
0: yeah yeah nematodes for sure yeah
1: i'm gonna they come out in like may and you put them down
0: yeah they need you need to put them in like warm soil there's soil temperature
1: yeah they i I was reading about it the other day and it was just like when the garden store sells them buy them then like the garden store is not gonna (laughs) yeah make them available you can get them on
0: amazon so it's gonna be tough for some people but um, look, just look it up. It's like the soil temp needs to be between here and here.
1: And then you put them around the bottom of the hive and then they like they're like parasitic to the hive beetle larva or yeah. whatever the hive beetle themselves. So I'm going full tilt because
0: it ain't black and white people. So you got to sometimes overdo it to make sure you're getting the job done. And, you know, we put some hive traps. We put some Swiffer pads. It didn't curb the oh, small hive beetle issues and you know the bees dealt with it i don't think we we didn't get like what's referred to as a slime out no you know we didn't have anything like that but yo a lot of small hive beetles they've
1: got to be stressed they've got to be stressed right now yeah so i want to get on top of it um yeah so that's the plan
0: but like imagine if we were feeding pollen patties right now which is literally what what small hive beetles want they want the pollen yeah Not cool.
1: And so I'm not feeding them. Also, I'm keeping, I'm not, you know, we were just saying, don't add a box till, I don't know if you said when dandelions pop.
0: When dandelions pop, you need to make sure you have supers on.
1: I like the whole thing. Our one teacher said, when you see dandelions everywhere, you see yellow everywhere, take it as like a warning sign, like yellow is warning, like put a new box on because they're going to need room. But until then, I don't want to give the hive beetles more space in those hives. So I'm keeping it tight. And then I'll report back and tell you all of the success that I'm having with this. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah.
0: Um, So we keep space tight. Um, You do. It is. It is a game, though. Like, you don't want to keep it too tight because that, you you know, the environment that they're the bees are living in is the environment that they're going to react to. Right. So um, their conditions are their conditions when it's a tight space, they're going to get into that mode of like, okay, we're filling up our space. Now we need to split ourselves. We need to swarm. Um, When you're giving them ample space, then they know that they have some ample space. So uh, last year and the year before that, when we said, okay, it's go time, we're going to double our hives every year. The number of hives we have, uh, we purposely kept space tight to kind of Force them into naturally splitting themselves quicker than they would because we wanted to see those swarm cells. Um, We like to split when the bees tell us they're splitting. We don't like to do just a blind walkaway split, you know, leave the queen, take bees and move them or take the queen and move her um, and have them, you know, find a fresh egg and turn it into a queen cell. We don't like putting them in emergency mode. Uh, we've listened to some speakers that talked about the genetics of, of, of a queen that is made in emergency mode versus the genetics and, not genetics, the...
1: I mean, they get to choose which ones they're making into queens but for it, swarm cells. Yeah,
0: the, the, the science behind it, though, showed that a... The hel- they're healthier? Healthier, the more productive queens came from um, natural swarming, not emergency and that which is just logical if you think about it makes sense yeah yeah um, I mean you know if you're if a human is stressed it's th- making a baby in a stressful situation I'm pretty sure leads to less healthy babies than a unstressful situation for sure which man we could talk about some stuff in that front Oof.
1: Okay. (laughs) Oh, just, I, I, you
0: think about like demographics, poor people, stressed, you know, procreating and it's just this ever evolving situation of bad health, stressful. Uh, It's so terrible. Um, Let's not put our bees in that situation. (laughs) Right. Let's do it. And also let's not feed them crap. Um, They're not going to a bodega. Let's let them go to natural native, beautiful plants everywhere. Wow. I just went on a tangent. That's all right. (laughs) I
1: mean, there's parallels.
0: Um, So, yeah, we don't feed pollen. Uh, Flipping boxes is always something. Also, if you are
1: are feeding your hives like one to one syrup in the spring.
0: Okay, so I didn't mention one syrup feeding yet. We can't hear. It's too cold still for sure. But in maybe like a week or so, that would be an option. We wouldn't want to feed fondant again. That's just like places for small hive beetles to hide. That's where they want to be. I don't like having any type of hard sugar in hives after March to begin with, but it's still not quite syrup weather yet.
1: So I was just saying, like, if you are going to feed syrup, you need to consider that, like we just said, when the dandelions are blooming and like space and that whole kind of thing. But if you are feeding, you need to realize that that is an artificial like um, aspect or not aspect, but that you're adding to the hives. So... Considering when you're considering the space, just consider okay, I'm feeding so they're going to fill up. Yeah, right, right,
0: right. No doubt. Um, I tend, last year we didn't feed any spring, any bees that came out of winter, we didn't feed them at all. We will, when we make a split, we make sure to put some one to one syrup on that split um, just to make sure they have enough resources. In years past, um, when we had really early springs. Similar to this, um, we, I did go like, oh man, we have like a full week of rainy, nasty weather coming up, but it's warm and I, they're not going to be able to fly. They've they got a lot of babies. They're expending a lot of energy. So I went in and st- remember, you never feed when you have supers on. So right. this is another reason. This is only the bottom three or, you know, brood chamber boxes or however you beekeep. Maybe you do single brood. Maybe you do double deep brood whatever we do three mediums um we put a quart of syrup on those hives just to go hey we know you're not going to be able to forage for a little bit here's some extra now here's something to think about though too if the bees can't fly because of bad weather they're not using a ton of energy the energy that they're using is you know keeping up um keeping the brood alive feeding Building, if that if you want your bees to mm, build, yes. so if you need frames built out, give them one to one syrup. Especially if they're going to be trapped for a, a number of days because of inclement weather, if you need them to build, they need that syrup. They're not going to build unless they are able to bring in nectar. So you're stimulating them in that way. Again. We're not natural beekeepers. There's we're putting them in man made boxes. So sometimes we do, you know, intervene a little bit. I think that's a circumstance you would. Um so we're gonna we'll get into some beginner stuff and I'm gonna make sure to mention feeding because I think it's a big part of beginner. It's a big it's a big it, it's an issue. It's like something that is like a you know, you're walking on a tightrope when you're feeding as a beginner, because you're you know, we'll get into it. Um
1: I think so even when you as a new a beekeeper building frames is going to be a huge part of that so that's like you know in your goals for the year if you need more frames you're definitely going to want to consider feeding
0: now carrie you i was unavailable i think i had to work um a few meetings ago for our montgomery shout out montgomery county of pennsylvania beekeepers association and our amazing speaker program um but i believe it was david tarpey And he said the number one issue that beekeepers have...
1: Is they split their hives too early.
0: Is they split them too early. We talked about it, I think, last episode.
1: Did we? I don't remember that. But he just like when you split your hives too early, you're making them potentially weaker, uh, making them more susceptible to disease. Like if I split these hives at CSC with all these hive beetles, there's no chance that they would have be able to you know uh, sustain against this huge hive beetle population also what European fowl brood is basically in every hive and like it, they are susceptible to it when they're weak so
0: weak low numbers low numbers yep low numbers causes almost every issue in bees is caused by low numbers
1: so you know considering. Don't split
0: too early. And when the bees are telling you they're splitting, when you're finding those swarm cells, to me, that's not too early.
1: Well, also, I'm not sure about splitting too early. Like, what's the mentality behind it? Because if you have these hives, right? And first of all, I went in the other day. I did not see a single drone. and Like, not one drone, not one drone cell, period. And I think we just learned the other day, if the queen's not mated within two weeks... She's
0: yeah, it's like a huge drop off. On, yeah, so you yeah.
1: don't you don't want to like make that a situation um, too early anyway. But if you're gonna split eventually, you're gonna split. So why do it so early? I, I mean, people want to sell it. bees. I oh, think oh, it's for selling bees. I mean, it,
0: it makes sense to me that people are splitting super early if they're planning on selling.
1: Got bees. it. Okay, that does make sense.
0: Um, doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it healthy for their other hive. Right, but hey and you know, you know hey, different people different things i'm not gonna judge anybody for it yeah just but if you're going
1: and also if you're going into this year just and you're not selling bees and that's not your goal just wait it'll happen
0: uh but yeah don't split her too early it's too far fu- it's so funny i i'm like a i'm huge on that i totally agree with it i th- let them build up let them come out of we there's still it's kind of great there's still so many fat bees there are still them. so many
1: fat bees, yeah.
0: You can see the winter bees are still alive in there, and you're like, look at this fatty. For sure. You little fat bee. Um, You mentioned goals. I think that's really yeah. important.
1: Well, when I went in and I was beekeeping this week, I'm like, huh. And I, I said this to you the other day, but I went in and I just felt different this year, beekeeping. I felt more prepared. I just, so I'm, I was going in. I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do this year? What's different? What are my goals this year? And I was trying to. Think about it. And one of them, as soon as I cracked it open was, oh, hive beetles is a goal this year. I got (laughs) to do this. Um, but I think that that's important is how do we want to expand each year? That's comfortable for us. What do we want to do individually as beekeepers? And then you and I, like what are our overall goals? But I think that that's good. If you want to keep progressing, just like little things, what do you want to get better at?
0: Well, in college, I took a class and it was like. there's a lot of like biology of your brain in that class. Right. And uh, boy, I don't remember anything except for this. I remember they, there was a study done where um, students did a overnight, didn't fall asleep. Did a you know, cr- what do you call like a cram session overnight, mm-hmm. whatever. And then, you know, 10 AM the next morning, they took a test. They pulled an all nighter. That's it. Um. So like, those students got literally 12 hours extra studying in, but never went to sleep. Took the test. They sucked. Then they had another group of students that had similar study programs prior to the night before as the, all, the all-nighter people, but they went to bed at 10 p.m. Woke up, ate, whatever, went and took the test. Did considerably better than the, the all-nighter folks. And the study showed that when we sleep we compartmentalize so the analogy that i like <laughs> the analogy i made in my head to try to remember the the information was basically you know the studying is like doing your laundry when you go to sleep you're putting your laundry away in all your drawers so then when hmm. you want to access your laundry you know where it is and you can just open that drawer and boom pull out that information in a clean manner and put it out there put it on you know answer a test question When you don't compartmentalize, when you don't, you know, fold and put your laundry away, a.k.a. sleep, you are going to have a hard time finding that information and presenting it in a clean manner.
1: That's a great analogy. I love that. Yeah.
0: So I kind of think like and I've noticed that every year, you know, we we go through these beekeeping seasons and we're just like all this stimulus, all this information is just coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in. The beekeeper off season, I feel like we it's kind of like this long sleep for us and we get to reflect on the previous year. And then all of a sudden it's springtime. You come out, you get into that, those beehives and you're like, I don't know what it is, but I feel more prepared. I feel more confident. You've seen more, but I think you've compartmentalized all that stimulus from the previous season. And I think it's just there for readily available access to you. So you are just better.
1: I think also just being a teacher, when you're able to speak and this um, this explain
0: us talking in these dumb microphones to a few thousand people helps us as beekeepers sure. considerably.
1: And this all sparked this podcast sparked from us sitting on the porch, drinking yeah. a beer and talking about beekeeping and talking about what just happened. Taking what notes. are we gonna do? So I think it's really important also if you are beekeeping with someone or you just should be part of a beekeeping community and talking to people like we're trying to get i don't show up to the in-person meetings because i'm too tired but showing up (laughs) You, you watch them online though yeah showing up and i have you to talk to and i see other beekeepers but you know showing up to meetings and having conversations with people i think that that's really valuable
0: dude running meetings is the worst
1: i know you're so drained from it it's
0: the worst we oh god the meeting place, the 4-H center that we meet at, their internet just doesn't work sometimes. And uh, we used to use the wireless, and it would work okay. And it would take me a little bit to get onto it, but I would always be able to. Then a few months ago, that stopped. I Luckily, somebody had an Ethernet cable. We were hardwired into the, into the, the network. What's the last time you used that? ethernet cable like
1: yeah at the 4-h center yeah. that's where you use an ethernet cable
0: and then i got i always get there try to get there super early to like make sure everything's lined up because we've we had somebody broadcasting from the uk um shout out uh graham kingham he was yeah, really he talked great. a lot
1: about um bee penises and he kept calling drone phalluses and his like, english sounded accent so
0: that dude i've seen that guy in a pub in london you know what i mean yeah he was but great. um but the internet didn't work. So then we're using somebody's wireless shout out our shout out our friend Jeannie. She saves the day as always. We use her hotspot on her cell phone, but like there's interference. We're not getting a good signal. And I'm like at the command center, just sweating and just my eyes started twitching. Oh man. Um, I, uh, I'm like, there's like 90 people in this thing, but I feel like an asshole. Cause
1: you everybody at home dumb is connection. Fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: But still it's just, Oh, it's, it's the worst. I hate it. Sorry. So right, right, wait, wait. Goals. Um, goals. Yeah. What are your guys' goals? You know, last year we made the goal of doubling our hives. I, it, I didn't. I didn't quite say double. I think I said like seventy-five percent growth. So we beat our growth goal. We had a goal last year of um, a certain poundage of honey. We literally beat it by like five percent. It was great. I remember I was just like, dude, we did it.
1: Yeah. Um, we had a little dance party. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> you know, make those were those were lofty goals for sure but I really felt confident that we could do it and I had a plan in place of how we were gonna do it um so have some goals for yourself even if you're not is this isn't a business venture like it is for Karen and I shout out our sponsor Kara Joe skincare and Bee farm I wish we had a tagline
1: for all your beautiful skincare organic needs from
0: our hands to yours anyway um have some goals even if you're not doing this on a you know on a business venture side it's just a hobby but have some goals i I was really appreciated um one of our mentees tom was like hey um i really don't want to have more than i think he said three hives i don't really want to have more than three hives so like i know i'm going to need to split some hives dude i'm you're getting these bees when i split them sweet i know i'm like awesome okay (laughs) And and what's great about that too is we have the relationship where i go dude that would be so amazing thank you so much um it's good karma, you know, I'm like, hey, I've put a lot of effort out in there to use, so this is nice to get something back. But also, say you have a queen issue, I'm going to, you're getting hooked up. I will take care of you if you gave me a split. Again, and you need a queen. You need to have community around you.
1: Yes, especially when we talk about beginners. Like that's number one.
0: Yeah. And you know what I was saying though. I got excited though because Tom was like, "Hey, I'm going to do this," and I was like, "Dude, that's amazing." And then the next time I talked to him, he's like, "Actually, the first split I'm going to use as a resource."
1: Yes, good Tom.
0: Dude, yes, resource. You should have a resource hive, resource nuke. That's yes, hell yeah. You're that is good beekeeper right there. Two, three full hives, a resource nuke.
1: Perfect. And it's important make your goals, set your goals, and if it's about expanding, make sure that you have the hardware and the equipment to do, do so prior to that happening. Do you
0: have the equipment right now? Yeah. I mean, Kara, how many boxes did we make?
1: I don't. So many. Fifty. I don't. Yeah. No and frames. How many frames did we make?
0: I mean, I know I made. I know I did five hundred frames, and I have another five hundred that I'm, I need to do.
1: You better. Get on that. <laughs>
0: um but i think we put together like 60 boxes so far this winter we need to we did some painting already we probably painted like 20 of them we need to spray so we do uh we we um prime them. prime them and then we have fun we spray paint them different bright colors i love it i recommend it to everybody um but yeah do you have your equipment ready do you know what you want to accomplish are you ready for this because guess what
1: it's coming
0: the bees aren't <laughs> waiting for you dude and do you want to lose the we, – we talked about it in a our, in our wrap-up uh, a couple episodes ago from previous season. We averaged 100 pounds of honey from each of our honey hives. That's been our average the last two years. We 12 hives came out of winter. Those 12 hives, we go, okay, when you come out of winter, you become a honey hive. And we averaged 100 pounds from each of those 12 hives. Um, what, what? Yeah. A labor-intensive 100 pounds – For sure. I think you can take your eye off the ball more than we did and probably average, you know, 60, 70 pounds, no doubt. We extract, we don't just do like one, take the boxes and extract. We extract three times a year, very labor intensive, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm not bragging. Just don't expect huge numbers. The more effort you put in, you know, you get the payoff and it might not be worth it. Um, But are you prepared for what all that entails? Like if you're committed, you're going, all right, I'm turning these 12 hives into honey hives. You better have lined up an extractor. You better have lined up where it's going to even go. What are you going to just sit on 600 pounds of honey? <laughs> like, you know, what are oh, you doing like, with it? What are you going
1: to do with the honey once you have it? Yeah. think for
0: sure. You think you got to be thinking ahead on yeah. like more than just the bees.
1: And hopefully. is your, is the honey market in your area saturated also? So you got to think about all of those things.
0: Um, yeah, so that's where we're at right now in spring, right? Did I miss anything? No, but we just kind of like jotted some bullet points down this no, morning. No, I think but that's good. Yeah,
1: I think that's good. And I've been learning some cool. I got an herb thing for you.
0: Oh, dude! Plant some plants. Oh yeah, springtime is just the time. Just throw
1: some wild flowers seeds. It should around.
0: have should have done it a few months ago, but right. do it now. Throwing, plant a
1: tree, plant a flowering bush, plant a flowering tree.
0: Yeah. Trees and bushes, way bigger deals than just throwing some seed down for flowers. Like and you one might, tree is like three acres of wildflowers. But
1: also like, I, lo- I was like, oh, well, plant linden trees. Do you know how long it years. takes? Like 15 years.
0: Before fl- flowering? Before flowering. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. So one of, did you hear the one now. Mem- one of,
0: <laughs> did you hear the one member at our meeting? He read like a, I don't know if it was a Bible verse or if it was just like a, something from church, but it talked about linden trees. Mm, it was it was after the meeting when we were just having a discussion. It was like talking about 15th century churches, and they would always plant linden trees because of bees, and there were these like special trees for the bees. I thought That's was, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was so nice think about
1: all of those things. But just think about the sheer volume of flowers versus bushes versus trees.
0: Just like in plants, if once you're like, hey, it's June, man, plants would be growing really great right now. It's time. It's like, nah, man, you need to start that in April. You yeah. know, just like bees. Like, oh my God, So it's that here. could
1: even be a goal, you know? It doesn't, Big you time. could keep your bees exactly how they are and get more plants around you. That yeah. would be huge.
0: Let's make a better environment for the bees that we just and worked us. our asses off to overwinter. Yeah. Yeah. So perfect transition. Kara's herb corner that we... I think have done the last I few episodes. So. Yeah. Kara's in an herbalism two-year herbalism course. Shout out. Doctor.
1: You always call him doctor. Just David Winston.
0: Doctor. 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 <laughs> uh, shout out David Winston. But um, while she's on these classes, like four hour classes once a week, um, she'll will like, oh,
1: I got herb <laughs> corner
0: stuff. And I'm like, don't tell me about it. Write it down.
1: So we're just learning right now. We're kind of going through herbs and all of their properties. And I thought this was timely because there's The the Last of Us on... What is that on? HBO? HBO. Uh, So The Last of Us, if you're not watching it...
0: Pascal Siakam? Yeah. No.
1: Bella... Pablo Pascal? The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the girl from Game of Thrones. She was like the kid queen. Bella somebody. Anyway... The whole premise of this show is it's just one season.
0: Bella Flatface.
1: Oh, that's not <laughs> nice. Um, is that there are mushrooms, I think they're cordyceps, that um, infect people and then the people become these like zombie mushroom people. It sounds terrible. It's actually good. It's a good show. Uh but anyway
0: It was a video game. When somebody's oh, like is a video right. game turned show, I was like I'm out. Yeah, but no it thanks. is. And it's then.
1: it's more about the people than it is about the mushroom zombies. So anyway, the 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 inspir-
0: <laughs> zombie mushrooms or
1: mushroom, mushroom zombies. zombies. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. So uh, the this all came from cordyceps. So I think I don't know. I feel like cordyceps is if you know about mushrooms, maybe you've heard about cordyceps. It's a mushroom. It's a fungus.
0: So wait, cordyceps is like saying oyster mushroom or It's like saying
1: Yeah. It's like chaga. Yeah.
0: They're all types of cordyceps? Or is cordyceps is it like saying like Cordyceps is
1: one type of like mycelium or mushroom or fruiting body.
0: And then below that is different types of cordyceps?
1: I think there's just one type of cordyceps.
0: Okay, keep going. I think. I was trying to figure out whether it was like saying like um uh this, uh, what carnivorous trees, and then in that category, there's you know, ex- pine tree, yeah, spruce so tree, like whatever. This, this, I have this it's like totally sheet,
1: made. and it it just has like one. A lot of times, I'll have like a list, I dump a bunch of different species, and this just has one. So, I'm gonna go with I think this is just in um like the what we Western names we call it cordyceps, and we call it caterpillar fungus. Okay, so what this is is originally um, it comes from like Tibet, Nepal, and Bhutan. I think that's how you say it, like the Himalayan mountains. And that's really where you can only find these caterpillar fungus, okay? In the West, I'll tell you in a second, like we can grow it in different ways. But it is a worm. It is a caterpillar.
0: Big worm, big perm.
1: That gets infected with the mycelium of the cordyceps, okay? And it gets into the body of the caterpillar and it changes all of the tissue of the caterpillar to mycelium and it eventually kills the caterpillar and upon the death of the caterpillar the fruiting body shoots out the forehead of the yeah. caterpillar do you know about this yeah and then you know and then it will like release its spores so the caterpillar itself including the the mushroom body is the is the medicine and
0: oh, and then this turns into medicine. Yeah,
1: it's medicine.
0: Whoa, who's the first person that was like, I'm gonna eat this caterpillar.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> so it um, is really good for the lungs and the kidney, it's um, good for the immune system. Um, so, the, like, one specific so you the, the actual worm is the is like a really good part of the medicine, and it has like this um, So like in tequila. Yeah, probably. It's like the worm hormones helps it be better medicine. Hormones, But now in the West, because you can only get it in this one part. It's like really hard to get, obviously. They're like people going to find them. So they're grown in labs off soybean. Like the mycelium is grown off soybean plants. And so that you can get the fruiting body off of that. But it doesn't have this worm hormone that's supposed to like is thought of to be even more medicinal, even though, you know. The soybean one is still medicinal. And still I wonder has if there's like properties. animals
0: that eat that caterpillar because they are like I wonder if there's animals. I'm in am sure. And the butt, the, in there's the gotta be. Yeah, there's gotta be. It's pretty cool.
1: Um, so it's like three to five dollars a worm, but like now with everything's more expensive, so it's probably even more. I even was reading it's like twenty seven dollars a pound just for it. But if you you have to be really careful where you buy them because. They've been finding in like Chinatowns that they're inserting these lead, like um, almost like paper clips, in the body of the worm. They just shove them in to make them heavier, oh so that you're God. paying more. But what you do is you powder up the the mycelium and the fruiting body and the worm. So then you're just like ingesting lead Oof. also. Oof. So it's obviously way worse than that
0: um what does it do for you
1: that's what i said i said it um it's an adaptogen so it helps with stress it uh is a kidney restorative it helps with the immune uh system and it helps with like people that are immune compromised and it helps with it's like a lung tonic um it's like really nourishing yeah You can, like, add it to um, formulas to just kind of enhance them. People with Lyme disease, leukemia, hepatitis, HIV, all kinds of stuff.
0: Side Um, effects, you become a zombie?
1: (laughs) Maybe, perhaps. In a video video game There's not really, um, like, you can, excessive dosage can be a problem, obviously, if you have a mushroom allergy. But there's not really too many... um, side effects of it unless you get the lead based thing. But you should look it up. It's kinda wow crazy looking. It's just you can see the mushroom and then you can see the fruiting body stick out yeah. the head. That's
0: a l- far as the main logo, that one, the cordyceps coming out of the dude's head. Oh, oh that's t-shirt. what that is. Yeah. Okay. So good.
1: Yeah. So I knew cordyceps and I kinda knew that whole thing, but I didn't know you were like eating them the caterpillar too.
0: Capitilla. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's nuts. So
1: that's
0: mind blowing.
1: Eat your worms, get people. It?
0: mushroom but be careful blood. um nice that was cool uh all right so you're a beginner you've waited 50 minutes in this podcast and you're like <laughs> you told me you were gonna tell me what's going on well beginner you're getting close to being a beekeeper so this is the week that a lot of people are starting to get packages um this week and like next week or and here's the thing those packages are being made in georgia or a lot of those are coming from georgia in our area um Somebody drives down, picks up 200 p- bee packages, brings them back up. Each package, you know, f- five pounds or a little less of bees, one queen in a cage, bringing them up from Georgia. Um, those bees are, those worker bees in the box are getting to know each other for the first time, most likely uh, in that box. They're getting to know their queen for the first time in that box. Super unnatural. Um, Super stressful. You don't know the ages of the bees that are coming. You know, you're literally somebody's just scooping bees out and dumping them in. Um, you don't know exactly the ages. You don't know the roles that they're in because, you know, bees are born. They have a job and they their genetics evolve. Their DNA evolves as they grow. Their vitaligenin determines their role in society.
1: And um, we learned not that, that long ago when you do that, when you have a bunch of bees and you throw them together and they are all different ages that can cause weakness in the hive because yep. they're, because of everything yeah, you're they're
0: saying. It, it's not immediate that they can just go like, oh wait, we need more of this, I'll become this. Like, no, they have like, their bodies change to become those things. So, um, but hey, you're getting a package. Just know that that is some of the hardest beekeeping you're gonna have because the bees are starting off, you know, with a-
1: At zero kind of. Below zero. Yeah, below zero.
0: Um. So, all right, you get this package, you're going to you want to install a package. Cool. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I recommend waiting a little bit longer as a beginner and buying a nuke from a local beekeeper. A nuke, typically five frames. Nuke, short for nucleus, five frames. A queen that's already laying on those frames, you're going to find eggs already. You're going to find capped brood. You're going to find some stores. You're going to find pollen. It's giving you a mini hive that is going to very quickly grow into a big hive. Um, some problems that you can have as a beginner buying a nuke.
1: Get ready, set, go.
0: It's like you're starting driving. It's like you're a 16 year old that just got your license and you're being given the keys to a fast car, not a you know, um, like for me, not a 1988 Cutlass Supreme. Uh. You know, Oldsmobile,
1: cruising. <laughs> Hell
0: yeah! You were in like an Van or something, I think, or Aerostar. Aerostar.
1: <laughs> yeah, or you're like, um, got the keys to the car and you're going on the highway. Yeah, all of a sudden,
0: so those bees—they're more established. They're they—they're more prone to swarming if you're not paying attention. When you get a package, they—they they have no idea what the hell's going on. That queen does hasn't even laid eggs yet. In your you know, because it doesn't come with frames. Um, it's yeah, going to take a little build. bit longer. But We still, I don't recommend getting bees from, you know, 10 hours away, 15 hours away. I just, I think you should get local bees. Um, And I think as a beginner, I hear all the time I see on these message boards and stuff, people are like, yeah, get a package and then requeen. Dude, as a beginner, requeening, that is stressful. That is you. That's like some intermediate shit. Like, come on.
1: Also, like, again, be a part of a community and you'll find... Local beekeepers that have overwintered nukes that can that they can sell you for sure.
0: No doubt about it. Yeah, and you're gonna get them in May. You're not getting them in the first week of April. Again, imagine right now you got packages. It's 40 degrees. It's raining. You're like, what do I do with this? I'd now you got to so keep stressed. them in a in a slightly warm, not too cold, place in your house. You got to spray them with sugar syrup to make sure they have food because you're not positive if there's anything in the can. Ugh, shitty. Um, the we. One time we bought packages. Um, The first time we got bees, we bought packages. Um, Oh, I guess technically we've bought them twice because the first time we got them mailed to us uh, from Kentucky and they showed up dead.
1: Yeah, we talked about this before. Yeah, we
0: got two full packages with 99% of the bees dead, stinky, is disgusting. Uh, Some worker at the Louisville, like UPS uh, distribution hub just decided she was too scared to pick up, or he was too scared yeah, to pick like, up those bees, and they kept them in a corner for a week before sending them out until somebody went like, why haven't those shipped? And they're like, I'm not touching those. And they showed up dead. Our ma- Even the mail guy was like, I deliver bees all the time this time of year. This is so sad. He's like, you shouldn't accept this delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but So don't get them mailed no matter what. If you're picking up packages. The way we installed our packages, again, we use mediums. We just took the queen out, right? So you, the queen's in a little cage. You take her out. Um, we pinned that queen cage to a frame um, in the... So one box on the bottom. We pinned her to a frame on the, the second box on top. And then we cleared out space in the bottom box. We cleared out enough space to put the entire package. So we didn't dump bees. We didn't... Um, we, we, we didn't dump them. We didn't whatever. We, some people dump them out front of the hive. I, that's crazy to me. Uh, we just let them crawl out naturally. And we put a shim over the medium box because you need a little more space for the package to sit in there. We sat that package in, put a shim, put a second box on top with the queen. Uh, inner cover, one-to-one syrup, shim, closed it up. Two days later, came back. Look, you look at the queen cage, and you can tell that they're feeding her. Um, she has a little candy, and she's got some attendance with her in that queen cage. But um, we could tell the bees were trying to, to um, feed the queen. The way you can test for that, brush brush the bees off of the queen cage. And if they come back to it, like, very attacking-like, it's they're not. If they let you gently brush them off, and it's no big deal, they've accepted her. You can also look closely, and you'll see them literally feeding her through the screening. Um, so I, two days, you should be able to tell that very, very easily. Um, at that point, we then pulled the little cork from the queen cage. So we exposed the sugar cork essentially also, but the sugar that blocks the hole, um, we gave them access to that. And then within one day they chew her out and there you go. You've got a queen that's been released and you're feeding them one-to-one syrup. So they're getting... Uh, an overflow of nectar because they now need to build. Um, We have a YouTube video, um, Mind Your Hives on YouTube. Not a ton of videos out there, but there is one of a very early um, inspection that we did where we had just installed a nuke. And we talk a lot about building of frames and checkerboarding frames to have them build out properly, which is very, very key as a beginner. When you don't have built out frames, you don't have frames that they've built the beeswax out. Um it is that is the battle. Oh yeah. That is the battle. So yeah, that's that'll just be my, what
1: you're focusing on basically all season is just building frames for the first year if you start with a package. Yep,
0: exactly. Um obviously after two days by the way, when you do that package, after those two days, take you take that box out. The bees have left their nuke box, you put frames in its place, you're all good. You know, you can you only need to have that in there. You don't even need it two days. You can come back
1: six, they six hours box, they've left their package box.
0: package box yeah um yeah nukes you're just putting the frames in and you're good yeah. you know you're you're fine um uh, but that's just my quick little package thing you can watch a lot of videos on that that's the method we use you can find information to you know answer more questions on those fronts i don't have any videos of installing a package because again we only did it the one year
1: but i do remember like being really stressed about like having to dump them out yeah and, and the teacher didn't. was like
0: spray them and dump them and i'm like
1: but you can just place the box in and nah, they're still gonna, gonna kind of fly out when you remove the can, but it's way less stressful for everybody, I think. Especially way. as a new beekeeper.
0: Oh my god. If you're using deeps, it's like even easier. You don't need a shim or anything. You just put it yeah, whatever. Um proper gear yeah. is so big.
1: We you can listen to other episodes <laughs> of us talking about how we didn't have proper gear. But I also mentor a beekeeper that doesn't have proper gear and he doesn't want to go in the hives with me because he doesn't have proper gear. And I think when he gets and his proper, proper gear
0: is what? Just he doesn't have gloves.
1: Y- yeah, and he has dark. He wears dark gloves, and they attack him. And
0: yeah, don't have dark gloves.
1: <laughs> like they're guarding gloves. Don't and just. So yeah. I I think that um he's had like a lot of bad experiences with that, or like the gloves don't fit properly and all that kind of stuff. So we from experience and also from just watching other people go through this, like just get spent it's not get a even jacket that expensive. get a jacket get some gloves that fit you <laughs>
0: um
1: and like I, as i even have large hands but I extra small gloves for me work pretty I well I like
0: like the nitrile gloves and stuff i don't know i mean i don't use gloves at all anymore but when I, we first started we tried the nitrile ones but didn't like your dishwasher hands get gloves all
1: sweaty in them and stuff all
0: oh, not my thing yeah I just like uh goat, goat skin like the cheaper versions of like full gloves
1: yeah, those are great. Or try not gloves. But if you're too scared, just start with gloves. Get the proper gear and you'll be fine. And you'll feel more confident and you'll feel safe because the last thing you need to feel is terrified when you're also trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So if you want to start out and feel safe going in the hives, I think that's a good Don't thing. Ma-
0: Don't make the mistake of watching some fat beekeeper in Kentucky beekeep with his shirt off <laughs> just wearing a veil or no veil and think that you're going to be able to do that as a beginner.
1: There's videos like
0: that. (laughs) Oh my god! YouTube is full of people that are flexing that they don't protect themselves when they beekeep.
1: Right, but with like no shirt on. Oh yeah, because it's like you see a lot
0: of man nipple on YouTube. Oh,
1: I should check it out.
0: (laughs) Um, but don't be don't think oh that's how that guy does it. I'm fine. No, 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 no.
1: Yeah, leave your ego at the door when beekeeping. Just get in there and let the bees.
0: If you don't think you need to take a class, yeah, don't be a beekeeper. You already if you already think you're smart. Smart enough to be a beekeeper. Don't be a beekeeper. No offense. You're not. You need you need to learn about it. Well, and there's just...
1: always more to learn. We're learning more oh, all yeah. the time, constantly. Yeah.
0: Shout out to the people that are like, yo, dude, you're wrong on that. And I'm like, oh, look at that. I just learned something. <laughs> um yeah. Check your ego at the door. That's that's probably the best best advice for beginner beekeepers.
1: I think beekeepers, period. There's always more to learn.
0: You need to be prepared to go into your hives once a week. I don't want you going into your hives more than that. Yeah, people, And I don't want you going less than that and once I, a week.
1: I think that in the beginning people are like, oh, I'll go in, I'll go in, go in, just go once in a once week. a week. <laughs>
0: um, you're disturbing those bees. So you're disturbing them considerably. If you just think about when you first get a nuke or a package, you've got five, six, ten frames of bees, right? You're interrupting their daily, they get what, eight, ten hours of light? really to operate full, full fledged in in the beekeeping season. And you're in that hive for an hour. You just took, you just interrupted them for like a day of their week. Hmm. You know what I mean? You're that's a considerable amount that you're interrupting. So just realize you're messing up their jam. You're messing things up when you go in that hive and you're killing bees and you're absolutely, there's no way you're not killing bees. There's definitely numbers that every time you beekeep X amount of bees die, but just once a week, if, you're, if you think you can go in less, especially in the spring, as a beginner, you're wrong. That's when you're going to go in and be like, what is happening? Uh, once a week.
1: With just an observe, 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 observe.
0: Yeah, take boxes off. When you do that inspection, you, know, you can get overwhelmed if you're over top of a hive t- trying to do things. Take the boxes off, move them three feet away, check them, put them back on. Just you know, separating from the that's original hive. That's a good tip. That's a, I
1: still do that. I like that move. Oh, big time! Yeah, no doubt about so it. So much easier.
0: Um, you're you when you are need to grow frames as a as a beginner. You don't have frames. They need to build them out. You're going to need to feed one to one syrup. Um, that is going to keep them building. Uh, once nectar sources are readily available, you'll watch them. They'll stop taking syrup. You're not getting honey as a year one beekeeper. If you think at becoming a beekeeper, you're going to get honey year one, you shouldn't be a beekeeper. It's not how it's going
1: to work. It's a growing all year. the
0: honey is all for them and you're going to need to feed sugar syrup which means it's not real honey anyway. It's what we refer to as sunny sugar honey uh that ain't that's not for you. So, yeah, be prepared you're not getting honey for at least 2 years for human consumption. Um
1: and then pl- plant plants people, plant, plant plants.
0: Plant plants make try to make your life easier by giving your bees access to really great nectar and pollen sources. And
1: your life will be more beautiful.
0: Um, Yeah. That's just like a quick beginners dude. Be in a class and your class should be telling you all of this. Be ready to test for mites a little later on in the, in the summer. Know that you're going to, you're going to need to do that as a beginner. People that think they're going to start out as treatment free beekeepers. um, You don't have enough knowledge to be a treatment free beekeeper. You when you mess up as a beekeeper, when you create diseased environments because you don't know what you're doing, those bees, these those non-native bees in the U.S. are going to spread disease to native bees and native pollinators, and you're messing up the ecosystem.
1: Oh, I got one. Have two hives, not one.
0: Oh, you need two hives. Uh, yeah. You need it two It sounds hives.
1: like more work. It's not. It's less work.
0: Remember, we were like, man, every hive... You f- we flip the boxes on. That's really interesting. Every single one had to do the same thing. Um, it's reassuring when you see something happening in both hives,
1: or you know that there's and a problem. Exactly the or... opposite is when you
0: see a big difference. You go, okay, well, one of these, there's something going on. Why is it happening?
1: Or you you don't have a queen. You can still like it's like you can steal re- resources to support the other hive. It's really good to have two. We started with two, and we you needed that. You need to that. start with two, we yeah, big that. time.
0: Don't go overemphasis. Don't have an overemphasis on the type of bees you're getting. I remember we we're like we're getting a Russian queen and we're getting an Italian and we're get. It's not. It's really not that big a
1: deal. I think that we they just did the science on like it doesn't really there's doesn't really matter because the genetics get spread out so much yep. anyway. Yeah, soon. So soon more like local stock. Local overwintered.
0: Hundred uh, percent. And eat yeah. your
1: cordyceps.
0: <laughs> Become a mushroom zombie. Yeah. Um, please. Check out Kara Joe Skincare.
1: Mm, we're having some cool things coming up. Yeah, big time.
0: Kara, uh, K A R A Joe, J O Skincare.com is our website. You can order all of the amazing skincare products soap, shampoo bar, dish a, bar. We
1: got new soap, a new scrub, soap coming out. Scrubs. We got a, oh,
0: we got a Gardener's Gritty soap yeah. coming out. I'm excited about that. And I really love using it.
1: Like a face bomb. It's about to be released with propolis and beeswax and. So some cool stuff. So check it out. It's not available yet, but yeah, stay tuned. Kara
0: Jo's blowing up. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Kara skincare, Carajo bee farm, and for specific mind your hive stuff, mind your hives beekeeping. Um, yeah, appreciate all the support.
1: If you've listened this far,
0: you are a rock star. Thanks, guys. Cheers, y'all. <laughs>